Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game, as well as sharing interviews with other players and leading figures in our current HeroClix environment. I love this game, and just like you, I want to watch it grow. And with HeroClix Borderlands, I'm hoping to share my love and passion for this game. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is a podcast for you. If you have any suggestions or comments or questions, you can direct it to my email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Also, you can go to our Facebook page where I post videos and articles that are great about this game that you can read, as well as provide other information about the current upcoming sets, new prize kits information. Uh, just like our videos, like our um, Facebook page. I also have a YouTube channel that is under Heroclix Borderlands that I'm putting some new content out there but it's slowly growing. Uh, please like us in the iTunes department and give us your comments. Uh, this is episode 36, The Matrix. And in it, I'm going to interview Alex Coos, the current tournament coordinator for The Rock Online. This is an awesome opportunity for players out there, especially ones that don't have a strong competitive venue and you want to try it out. The Rock Online is an amazing or uh, tournament that is fun to play. Uh, Alex Coos is in charge, and I was able to sit down with him and kind of go through it and give us a better perspective on it. Also, I'd like to apologize for the lateness of this, as I had some technical difficulties in downloading the content. It's about a week late. I was hoping to get it out before the Super Q that went on last night, but it seemed like it was a very fun event. Please listen in, enjoy this great podcast at uh, in the video description and in my Facebook post, I will put the emails and links for the Rock Online. So sit back and enjoy us speaking with the Cousinator. Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. Thanks for everybody listening in. I have the one and the only Alex. And how do you say your last name? Coos. Coos with a C on it. Coos with a C on it. And you go by Cousinator, don't you? Yep. In, in um, Discord. So everybody who's... who's who's running across this guy probably knows a lot about him, but we're going to get to know about him. He is our expert. He is the man who has created the new matrix of hero clicks, the online capability of us running tournaments. And we want to get to know about it. We want to find out more about it and we want to participate in it. So Alex, everybody that comes on here has a 12, a critical hit of questions at two six sided dice of questions that they got to answer just for us to get to know you. Are you ready to take on your 12 questions. I hope so. <laughs> oh, let's hope. Let's let's get to know them. All right. When did you start playing the game? What set? I started playing Hero Clicks during Age of Ultron. So not that long ago, just a couple of years. Wow. That was a game-changing set when they put out those little 30-point Ultron figures that actually stood for 120 with those ID cards. That was crazy time. Yep, I showed up at my local store and they were running, I think it was month two of that. So I kind of hopped in that there and got beaten soundly for someone who had never played the game before. <laughs> A lot was going on with that set. There you go. 
Okay, what was your attraction? This is number two. This is pip number two on the dice, our first dice. What was your attraction to Heroclix? Uh, well, at the time, I was looking for some sort of game to get into. Um, I didn't really want to get into Magic because I knew how much of a money sink that was. Little did I know Heroclix was pretty much a money sink also. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I didn't want to go into Pokemon or uh, any of the Warhammer stuff like that. And then I heard about Heroclix, and I like superhero stuff. So I went to my local comic book store who had events, and that's when that's where all my money went. <laughs> All right, so so you got drawn into the black hole of Heroclix. There you go. The, the, Basically. The, the obsession. But you avoided the larger black holes, as in Magic and Warhammer and all that. So there you go. Well, let's look at three. What was the first figure you pulled? Uh, well, it was during Age of Ultron. It, uh, Age of Ultron was a sealed event. And my first first figure I remember mostly out of the boosters, still one of my favorite figures is a rare, conveniently enough, uh, the rare Hercules. Oh, uh, okay. Age of Ultron. He had invincible, uh, you know, charge, super strength, uh, typical Hercules figure. He was a hundred and something points. I don't remember anymore. Um, but he was my favorite fig for a long time, and he was Mostly because he was the first fig I really played with at Heroclix. Okay, yeah. They, I'm trying to remember. I, I love Hercules as a comic book character. So I always like it when he comes out. I, I thought this was one. He's actually 220 and 110. Didn't he have two-point dials? 130. Yeah, so. 220 and 130. Yeah, I pulled him up on AC Realms. So, um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, I, that is a cool figure to have. He's a brute. All right, so let's look at four. Now I know you're a person that you're you're a person that likes some theme teams. So what is the theme team keyword you enjoy playing the most, and why? Um, mm, that's a good question. I would have to say currently, I'll go with current. Okay. Uh, currently, my theme team keyword of the month, if you will, is Gotham City Underground, Underworld, Underworld. Oh, that is an awesome, awesome keyword. I have been looking at that. I'm going to guess you like the Killing Joke Joker? Yeah, I like the Killing Joke Joker. Um, I like the Lex Joker duo. I like Title Harley, Title oh. Joker. They've added a lot, a lot of GCU uh, figures. And I assume we're going to get a lot more in the new Batman set. So it's I, I didn't really grow up liking. I mean, I liked Batman, but I wasn't really that big of a fan of where I would watch it constantly. And now suddenly I'm a huge fan of Batman and all the villains. Okay. So, wow. So yeah. And that Gotham city underworld has a, probably the, one of the more underrated figures in big Tony. Isn't that right? Definitely. So there you go. 15 so points. Be, perplex. There you go. And guess what? I say, put a, put a mark beside it. That's good theme team that had, you know, with the new Batman set could come on pretty strong. If I remember correctly, their biggest problem is a taxi. I well, they got they, they did get that sort of fixed because Kite Man has it's only oh. two people, but only fifteen points. So oh, I'll wait. take what I could get. There you go, thirty points. Two Kite Man carry four of them. Just run them around. There you go, and they can carry each other if they have the uh, special team ability. Isn't yeah, unfortunately, right? when they changed team ability, some team abilities last year. They inadvertently boosted 
uh, Underworld a bit, but then they nerfed it for certain figures. Like, Lex Joker gave everybody... Um, I think the Lex Joker figure gives everybody the team ability, but the problem is, is if you don't share a keyword, the team ability doesn't do anything because you have to share no. a keyword to carry somebody. So before I could give the team ability to just carry anyone I want, but now, eh. oh well, you're gonna be stuck. Got to be stuck to that keyword there. All right, okay, so that's cool. I love that. I love that. I I do have that marked. I've been trying to build a Killing Joke Joker team, and is I'm close, but I'm not gonna say it's competitive yet. Hey, with right. the one key helpful hint with the key uh, killing Joe Joker is 140 points. Right. Got to get that Sinestro super rare from Elseworlds. Hey, hey, same minds here. I love that. You always keep that on the sideline. You never know when you can bring him in. I think that's that is a you people need to go back to Elseworlds and what if and look at those figures that can do that quick replacement. I mm-hmm. sideboard's going to get bigger, I think. So, hey, there you go, man. The Kuzinator on on fire right now. Let's see. Five. Number five. What is your favorite power in Heroclix and why? Ooh, favorite power. Um, I, and I'm just going to warn you, this will give us total insight into your soul right here. <laughs> Whatever power you choose. I'm going to have to go probably, I don't know how many people actually say this. I'm going to have to go support. Either support uh, or mastermind, but I'm going to go support. Oh, uh, Oh, you're right there with Edward Shelton. If you didn't listen to my last podcast, Edward Shelton, that's one of his favorite powers. Go figure. It got bo- it got significantly boosted in the new rules, and now it does a minimum of two, so I don't have to worry about... Uh, and I don't have to worry about killing the person just by rolling uh, crit misses because it's not an attack. Uh, where I've done that so many times with Tony Zuko, where he somehow... <laughs> Supports crit misses, and then my day is ruined. So. <laughs> I, I understand. So you know what? I'm gonna piggyback off that. I, I love that the use of support. So, who is your favorite support piece right now? Ooh, that is tough. Um, Zuko probably comes in more often because I usually don't have enough room to fit uh, someone like Night Nurse or Jane Foster or. Red Tornado is probably one of the bigger ones now that I haven't really been able to delve into much, but the new, uh, well, relatively new Red Tornado from Harley is really, really good support piece. Yeah, I, I do like Jane Foster running with Asgardian, especially mm-hmm. her inability to be targeted. Mm-hmm. So she's a moving wall for you until people get close, and then she can heal in contact, so that's always cool. All right, we're going to move on to six. This is the end of the first dice of questions. What format of tournament do you enjoy best, and why? Mm, that I'm gonna. It's kind of similar to my mood of music. It changes constantly. Oh. So I like limited rock limited because I like not having to worry about ID cards and a, uh, or colossal retaliation. I could play the figures that normally wouldn't get played. Maybe more tent poles now that they don't. So they don't have to worry about fury or green arrow. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say limited, uh, 300 or 400 doesn't matter to me. Um, I like limited a little bit more. Hey, and, and I'll go say I, I played in the last limited tournament and I really enjoy it. I, I agree with you. Only thing you worry about is equipment and that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool by me. Gives you, and you know what? You get a chance to play a lot more figures. So I agree mm-hmm. there. Awesome. So we're going to jump on to the second, uh, dice of question. In your opinion, uh, what is the hardest thing about hero clicks? Hardest thing about Heroclix. Um, I would say the hardest thing about Heroclix is 
having to deal when things don't go your way. Whether it be purely the dice rolls just aren't there for you. No matter how many probs you might have, you're oh, still yeah. rolling it, missing, 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 and having to deal with, <laughs> you know, you had the perfect team, but you can't roll that five that you needed three times. You know, it happens, and that's probably the hardest thing is the luck factor that you have to, you can mitigate it, but you can't erase it. Unless Amen. you're playing Shredders. Hey, that's true, true. And you know what? <laughs> um, I, I will say that reminds me of my last WKO experience where a five was impossible to hit, and I just went down in flames. And I was like, oh, well. It's one of those you just got to enjoy it at that time. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's the hardest thing. If you can't deal with that, understand it's still a dice game. Uh, yes, the shredders take that out, but you know what? There's ways to go around them, so yep. people are starting to figure that out. Um, number two, and we're getting close, what made you want to judge and organize matches? You're a relatively, I want to say, new player, but, I mean, I love seeing players who – you know, new judges come up and, or, and, you know, this new fresh blood. So what made you want to judge and organize matches? Um, I, when I started here clicks, I played for six, eight, nine months before, um, I wanted to start judging locally. Uh, there was a couple stores, a new store that opened up, wanted to get hero clicks started there. So we had multiple venues. So I started judging locally there. Um, and then, I like organizing matches because I just, it's something that I want to do uh, in the sense that, you know, for Rock Online, for example, I want to be able to play matches online. So, what better way to get it going than to do it yourself? So, I kind of started organizing it. And so that made me, I, if, if I want other people to be able to do it, I'll go ahead and be the one that starts it off and hope everyone follows along. That's kind of how I go there we go a trailblazer nonetheless a trailblazer a man who wants to set his mark and set the journey uh i think we need better tournament organizers i, I won't say better tournament organizers. i think we need more tournament organizers and i really feel like the better organized a tournament the better the feeling of the hero clicks players you know I'm, I, I feel like that to me if you have a well-organized tournament i have a great time if you if you're up on your rulings and and you come to me and you and you know what you're saying, and you're confident about what you're saying. You know what? I'll take your word for it. I'm okay with it. I even if I disagree with the ruling, I think a, a good judge who can organize good matches really makes a great tournament and really helps grow the game. So you keep it up, because I'm gonna tell you, I had a lot of fun the last one I played. Online. Good, excellent. So, there you go. All right. So now we get to the point. Now that you're on the podcast, you are now part of the Illuminati. I am growing my Illuminati. So if you could be the Illuminati, and I know this is kind of, we've I've even said I can expand it to the DC universe, but what Illuminati would you be and why? Um, so I had to think about this one because um, I have read about the Illuminati, um, the Masons. No, I'm just kidding. I've read about <laughs> the Marvel Illuminati. So I, I know about um, all of them, and I'm still sore about what they did to Hulk. Um, okay, yeah. But I would have to say uh, Black Bolt, surprisingly. Um, Black Bolt. There you go. Uh, mostly, uh, the reason why is because I, I, when things start out, I am more of the silent one. I just get the job done, basically, and I just kind of listen and throw my opinions in there occasionally. And then the other reason is because my wife is a redhead and she talks for me most of the time. So. <laughs> Works on two levels. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. So you're saying you can be pushed to that ultra scream, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I love that. My, kid, my kids will attest to that. Oh, I hear you. You have that. You have the normal voice and then the sonic scream voice. That, mm -hmm. There you go. Black Bolt. Okay, that's cool. Um, so here's another uh, soul-searching question, and I find it's kind of changing around right now, but perplex or prob, which one are you? Are you a prob or perplex man? Um, I am perplex more than prob. Oh, yeah, okay. I would have to say that. I like perplexing because with perplexing, I mean, I know prob gets me another chance to roll, but perplex means even if both rolls stink, I have a decent chance So because I can up my stats. and I'm a perplex guy. All right. Hey, hey, and let's just go with, um, hey, here's a quick question. Do you perplex up attack or perplex down defense? Depends on how many figures I have. <laughs> there you if go. I, if I got multiple attackers, I'm perplexing down their defense. But if I'm going tent pull or call in somebody, then I usually perplex up attack. There you go. Well, okay. Understandable. It's situational, but everybody needs, should know their situation. Multiple attacking a figure perplex down his his uh, defense. You have it. It then transfers over for every attack. All right. Number five, what figures should be used more in tournaments and why? So you you started putting some tournaments on. You have organized. What figure do you think has a lot of potential, but you have not seen enough of him in your tournaments, and you think there people need to start paying attention to him? Mm, that's a good question. I think there's quite a few figures come rotation down the road is going to see a lot more play. Um, one of which I thought I had right here. Uh, it would be. Um, what I call Sexy Lexi, um, uh -oh. which is basically uh, the Lex uh, God of Apocalypse. Is that what he is? Oh, yes. God of Apocalypse, Lex Luthor, the 250-point beast, the mastermind, the potential. Yeah, they, the, shirt, the shirtless Lex. That's why I go with Sexy Lexi. Mm. He is nice. Okay, you have now hit another figure I've tried to build a competitive team around in the 300-point genre. I think he's close to being a tent pole that is nasty. Yeah, like right now, um, there is potential. I mean, you have to have Mastermind fodder. Um, there's ways around that. You could either play Tribbles. You can either play the Emma Frost ID card and call in the White Queen Ellie, and this is before rotation, because mm -hmm. that that white queen Ellie can free action or I believe it's free action, pop out a bunch of cuckoos that will stay yeah. after she leaves. And so you got a bunch of mastermind fodder. Um, another idea is throw out Olace and Gertrude and have Gertrude follow Lex around. You won't get any extra things like ID Collins, but you got a dinosaur that can't be killed for a while. So, yeah. And the one I worked with is Mora Taggart. McTaggart, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she shares a keyword with Lex. Uh, scientist, maybe? Yeah, she shares scientists. So I, I, my thought was to put two of her with Lex. And then I get That's two. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah then, you, then you get two student IDs, and one student ID is all new X-Men, all new Wolverine, and mm -hmm. let her call in Jonathan Pog. That's a good idea. And then... He's got... He, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just saying he can't be killed, and Mora can start doing some leadership token removal. That's that's all, my only thought on that. Yeah, I think he'll see a lot more play come rotation, because his biggest killer right now is Fury, because Fury can 
get rid of his mastermind and invincible. He's the only figure that can really do that because Lex doesn't care about Green Arrow because mastermind says you're targeting this person, not me. So right. So, so you you heard it from from Alex. I, you start paying attention to uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, if you're going to buy him, I'd start thinking about buying him now. I mean, if 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 he's right and he's going to be your one man army, his price will start going up. We will start seeing a buyer's market for him. So, or is it sellers? I guess it'd be a seller's market. All right, Adam, <laughs> I don't know my real estate terms. Okay, so here's a question: Every HeroClix player would hope would cross their path at some point. Mm-hmm. I assume if you won the world championship and mm-hmm. they allowed you to design a figure, what figure would you design, and can you describe it for us? Yeah, absolutely. I've had this kind of laid out for the past year or two. Hey, there you um, go. Every Heroclix player has their little black book of what they want. So go on. Tell us. All right. And the answer is not Dr. Doom because I'm. everyone always wants one because <laughs> they want Fantastic Four back. <laughs> That's it. Mine is pretty simple. Um, I want – it wouldn't necessarily be a duo fig, but I want a Storm slash Black Panther duo fig it doesn't have to have the duo uh symbol on it but make okay. it a switch click similar to uh power fist and uh power man and iron fist you know okay. you can switch them from one mode to the other have it where it's a switch clicks where you go from a running shot pulse wave or running shot penetrating to symbolize storm to s- switch it over to black panther where you have more of a charge stealth melee type thing and basically you can switch back and forth a big duo fig because I, I i like i like their relationship when they were married and then when they weren't you know i i like that kind of i, I like those storylines with the two of them so I, i've always wanted them to have their own duo fig because i don't think they have one no i don't think so i i, I would no no i can't I don't think so. I know that Storm has gotten a Wakanda ID mm-hmm. lately, but we don't have a duo figure. Now, I, I love, I do, when we go back and look at the Power Man Iron Fist, I do kind of love that click. It's kind of unique. I think they only have five clicks, right? Yeah. Five, because the last one has to be a KO. So you got five on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it would have to be, I don't know how they would work it, because I wouldn't want it to be just five clicks. Um but I would want something where they could switch back and forth to kind of because they complement each other in the way that they're opposites of how their powers work. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I wonder if they could. I don't know. I can't even get an idea around it. But I, what would your cost be? What would you think a cost of that figure would be? Uh, mid hundred, uh, like a hundred to two hundred, maybe topping at two hundred to two. 20 maybe making it where it's more of a tent pole uh because it it can switch back and forth because i want it to have a longer dial um because i don't because there are two powerhouses black panther's a big powerhouse and so is storm one of the strongest mutants so i like that wow that would be wow how would you do that that'd be a tough click especially at the point value you got you're right you can't do just five clicks that would be kind of not worth it it'd be too easy to one shot her yeah, the, the way I would see you could do it is if you did it more on a peanut base and have where one click would symbolize a storm and then the other part of the peanut base is Black Panther and you would only take a free action and only one of them would be active per that okay. turn or something like that. Um, 
And and they would always you when you got damage, you click both dials. So they yeah, always you stay would on click the same both dials, yes. Okay. I can see that. And that'd be a better powerhouse there. That'd be cool. I think that'd be a that'd be an awesome one. Especially if they could do some neat things. Okay. All right. Hey, you survived the critical hit of questions. We are now better understanding who you are and what's going on. So, um, you know what? I, I like to take a moment before we get into the main topic. Let's talk about life in HeroClix with you. Uh, what are your dreams and aspirations for 2018? As players, we all have dreams and aspirations. We have hidden goals. You know, what are we trying to do? So what are yours? When you're looking at HeroClix, what are you thinking about? What do you think about, for you personally, what are you really trying to get accomplished? Uh, for me personally, in 2018, uh, I need some more top eight finishes. Uh, ideally win it all, but um, I've been in the top eight in a WKO, I think, once or twice. I've been in it twice. Um, Rock, I haven't had as much luck in Rock, but I would like to... Well, I made it to the finals in the World Cup. Um, oh wow, that's awesome! So you got yeah. in. You, you were able to play the last day, right? That's what you're yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. The finals, the last day. So you you made it to Sunday. All right. Mm-hmm. And I we almost came close to making it in the team at the Rock Cup, but we were just just barely beaten. But yeah, I would like to improve on that. I mean, I don't. I won't become a world champion because I'm not going to you know worlds because I can't make it to Philly at the end of the year but um i'm thinking about going to nationals so maybe i could win nationals who knows hey cool and you know what i am at nationals I, hopefully we can meet up there or even before i would love to but yeah nationals i, I was a little disappointed with that move because uh, it's kind of neat to have nationals and worlds together but i can understand it but that's cool that's great dreams aspirations uh and you know it takes work and i'm sure you're putting it in if you've already been there and done all this stuff how many wkos have you been to five wow or or five we don't have a lot um i know you're just kind of a hop and skip up the road from where i am but there's not a lot in the south when it comes to wkos um and there's probably reasons for that but the fact that the the state of georgia has zero wkos generally um i'm usually having to go over to huntsville uh or not huntsville uh birmingham going down to leeds most of the time for my wkos yeah so birmingham yeah for for me it is uh rusty scabbard usually or now i'm not been to rusty scabbard but i know that's close to me Mm -hmm. and like richmond gets some so Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's it yeah, and you got to be dedicated to kind of go do that because there is a difference when you go to a WKO versus your local competition. I mean, right? You have to be prepared. I, I mean, we have fun at local, but man, you get to those WKOs, you get those rocks. You know, you you're going to see a different level. And let me ask you: you have personal experience at both, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've talked to other players who've done both. Where do you think the more competitive player is located? The WKOs or the rocks? I feel like I feel like for rock, more competitive players travel further for rock mm-hmm. events. Um, now I know recently with the crazy Connellys or the WKO prizes, people have been traveling a lot. But um, I feel like people make plans more in advance to go to bigger rock events just because they know, hey, a bunch of the bigger players are going to be there. More competitive meta players are going to be there. So I would say Rock has probably the better um, 
higher level of play, but I will say that WKO is starting to catch up because they didn't used to do this many a couple years ago. I don't feel like it was maybe two a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, But now they're trying to hit every season, which I think is a brilliant idea. Um, I don't like the way they've, they've toned down the prizing, but I remember in the fall WKO last year, the prizing was kind of as shadow cat and, forge and all that but if they keep going with what they're doing with the winter into spring um i'm hopeful about it as long as they bring more to the south that's all i care about oh yeah i'd I'd love to see more venues near us i mean south carolina doesn't really get a lot i think the last one was in casey or columbia and Mm -hmm. you know georgia really you would think atlanta would get one you would Mm -hmm. think somewhere around there but Let's hope. Uh, I do agree with you. Uh, the prizing has gone down, and it's a little disappointing that now only the top player gets to go to nationals. You know, before it was like based upon how many you had. So we'll see. I think also Whisk is having to deal with actually how many HeroClix players are actually able to and willing to travel to these events. Yep. And, and I think before they'd have these, I remember back when I first started, you actually had a tournament a qualifying tournament in your local game score. Everybody did. And you automatically qualified if you won that to go to uh, like a national event. Mm-hmm. I guess they did ever thought people would travel. And now to this, the more people are traveling, they're trying to go, Oh, I don't know. We can't make this tournament too big. So they're trying to limit some stuff. So we'll see how it works out. But I do like the prizing. I wish they'd bring back the bigger prizing. It was always cool to go and go win a bunch of swag, you know, mm-hmm. So anyway, so we're going to, uh, you got anything to add, anything you want to jump in on any other things you want to share with us? Uh, no, I'm ready to get down to the, the meat and potatoes. Okay. All right. So let's get to meat and potatoes, man. Main topic. This is take the blue pill. This is enter the matrix time. We have something new. I want to say new, but something that is now expanding out to the entire player base uh, the ability of online hero clicks. N- not that we've not had this ability before. Uh, if we remember, WizKids attempted it. One uh, of the downsides of that is that you had to buy figures on it to play them on it. So I never did like that. Um, Crow on HC Realms had an open source type of uh, mm-hmm. thing that was neat. But uh, with the invention of online D&D and that kind of push to create online ways to play those type of RPG games, we have entered the ability to play Heroclix online. And we are now at the master of it. The man who is really organizing this push to get some actual Heroclix tournaments online. So currently we're headed to the latest reinvention of this method. I think you have started this reinvention of how we can play online. So I just want to get a rundown of this new initiative. I want to help players understand and get excited and kind of push towards it. So here we go. Right now, I'm I'm a player who's never done it. Um, How does it work? What's the structure of this matrix? I mean, what are your technical components I need to be part of it? Uh, What skills do I need? So can you kind of give us that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we start into that, I do want to mention that Roll20 has been used for clicks for a couple of years so i don't want to take full credit of trying to make online tournaments with it by any means i'm just trying to refine it and make it a little bit more structured um 
But what we use, technical components to kind of do a rock online tournament, is we use two main things. We use Discord, which is a very popular um, audio server. Um, there's an app for your phone. Uh, there's you. It runs in browsers, so it runs in, I think, Chrome, Internet Explorer, Safari. It runs in almost everything. Um, or it has an application you could download onto your computer. Uh, the reason why we use Chrome as opposed to um, as opposed to Google Hangouts or Skype is that Discord also has text channels. Um, it has multiple voice channels that you can just move back and forth to. It's kind of like the old uh, uh, what was it? The old um, things WoW players used to use uh, back in the day. Um, okay. And that's kind of where this evolved from is people wanting a, a stronger voice application. So we use Discord for um, announcements, setting up games. Uh, when I run tournaments, I have people set up to show that they're in a tournament. And I say, all right, you're in game one. Go to this voice channel. Uh, basically, Discord is the main way we communicate during tournaments. Uh, then you have Roll20. Uh, Roll20 functions in a web browser. I don't believe it has a separate app. Uh, you can also, if you purchase premium membership, it's completely free, but if you decide to go into a premium membership with Roll20, you can technically play it on your tablet, so like an iPad or something like that. Um, I, I've known a few people who were able to play the tournament on there, and it worked just fine. Uh, Roll20, uh, the key thing to remember about Roll20 is it's built for Dungeons and Dragons, which as a Dungeons and Dragons fan, I love it. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of where that's kind of where I kind of picked it up and was like, you know, between Dungeons and Dragons, there's not a lot of difference with hero clicks outside of dials. And so we use a we use a grid-based map. It's you know, it, it's very very similar. So you need just Discord, a free Roll20 account will work. You don't actually have to pay anything to um start playing on Roll20 Hero Clicks uh, to enter tournaments, um, which we might get into a little bit later. You just got to pay entry, and you have to own the figures, which we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Okay, and uh, let's just go over what technical skills do I need? Okay, that's the components. So do I need any special technical skills, or am I just good just being able to get around the computer? Being able to be tech-savvy is pretty important. Uh, I mean... I could probably teach my grandmother to probably play at some point. Probably not the Heroclix rules part, but uh, actually getting on Roll20 and Discord, it, it's not very much different than going to a website, logging in and ordering something from Walmart.com or something. You know, it's it's not that much extra into it. It's just a little bit of clicking. If you've used any of the um, Adobe products or anything like that that has toolbars, that helps because Roll20 has a similar small toolbar that's where you can use all those gadget and, gadgets and gizmos aplenty. So you don't um, need a – it's not a high skill requirement to get into this at all. Right. And, and the uh, Roll20 has its own voice and text channel. Mm -hmm. But you prefer Discord, and you kind of turn that one off. Is that correct? Right. Um, the reason being is because it causes some audio issues sometimes, and um, it helps also when someone needs a judge. I'm able to just pop in the Discord channel almost instantly. As soon as you call for a judge, I could be there, or whoever's judging could be there. And that's why we prefer Discord. 
All right. So, okay. So you're going to be running two separate systems, not a huge system requirement either for your computers. I know I'll run, run it. I was in a tournament not too long ago, uh, two weeks ago, I believe. And I just ran it on my laptop. It, it went great. It's awesome. So, and if you have a slower computer, maybe uh, you're still running things on a toaster or something like that, um, you can play on Roll20 on your laptop, and then you can use your phone if you have a smartphone like an iPhone or an Android, and you can get the Discord app, and you can actually talk through the phone as if you're talking on the phone in the Discord app, and it works pretty darn well. Awesome. Okay, my, my goal right now is that our next tournament and I, my wife's going to hate it, is to hook my computer up to the 55-inch screen TV and play my game on that because that would be <laughs> cool. <laughs> Move stuff around. I don't know how well that will work. That's, that's a dream, you know, it's just so I can see it. All right. Okay. So now that I'm past this technical, you know, fear thing, and I, I probably need a pretty good internet connection, right? Or don't I? Yes. Uh, you need an, a, an internet connection that'll allow you to talk similar to how we're talking now. You need something that is able to hold a voice chat. You don't need a, don't no camera or anything like that. You could play rock online uh, if you want in in your birthday suit, but we prefer no camera work, please. No, no but, camera work, no. Yeah. All right, okay, and that's good to know. And I know that some people have played from a library before, hadn't they? Gone and uh, used yes. it free. So, so not a huge demand, but you do need a dedicated Wi-Fi or something like that in order to. Get worst on. case, worst case scenario is if your audio goes out. Roll Twenty does have a chat feature that you can chat like you're using Instant Messenger or Facebook Messenger. So uh, we have had games where maybe uh, internet went out uh, for some reason, but they were still able, or the internet was a little weak, and they were still able to connect with Roll Twenty. Uh, they were able to type out what they were doing and it still worked a little slower, but it worked. Hey, and you don't need dice or tokens. Correct. Physically, no dice or tokens. The roll 20 will actually, it's actually not that hard, but we'll roll dice for you. So that's pretty cool. And I have rolled two straight critical misses on roll 20 is, uh, it was amazing. It keeps you honest. I will say that. It, <laughs> it does. Honest. It does. All right. Okay. So now we got past this technical issue. What do I need to do? What's the process of playing and getting set up for a tournament? So how do I physically sign up? What do I need to need on game day? How do I uh, get into a tournament? How does it run? How is it reported? And how does this prize support work? So we're going to get into the kind of uh, the player side of how do I get in it and what do I get out of it? So Okay. So um, to get into a tournament, first thing you want to do is go to rockcup.com. That's all spelled R-O-C-C-U-P.com. Uh, that'll take you to the Rock website. You go to the top of the page. There's a Rock Online button you can push. That'll take you to a section of that website that has Rock Online. There should be a big, big little banner in the middle, big banner in the middle that says Purchase Tournament Entry. You click on that. It'll take you to the Lucky Dice Cafe store page that has all of the Rock Online entries. You can then go in there. You purchase it through Lucky Dice. You have to make a Lucky Dice account. Very important thing that you do so, or you have to, it'll use your, I believe it uses your Rock account also, um, but it's very important that you purchase through that because that is where we will do prize support, and I'll explain that in just a second. Um, once you've purchased the entry, then you need to send the 
confirmation of the entry. So we have to have, you know, a, a, a once you purchase, it'll send you an email saying, hey, you purchased it. Good job. You can forward that email along with pictures of the figures, pictures of your map and your build sheet, uh, the typical rock build sheet that is on the website. Um, you will send that to the rock online email, which is rockroll20 at gmail.com. Um, all this information is found on the rock online page on the rock website. So if you ever get confused by it, you could just go on the website and it'll show you. Um, the key thing of what I just said, though, is you have to own the figures and you have to own the map. Um, that is the main thing I want to emphasize. Uh, we have reasons for doing that. I don't want people to... The main reason I do that is because I want people... I want WizKids to be successful. And so if we start running tournaments where you don't need the figures, that means you're not buying WizKids product. And that means HeroClix isn't growing. So. And then you become a competitor. Uh, of exactly. Wizards. You're not helping them. So I, I can understand that. And, you know, you want people to play their collection. It is a collectible. Exactly. It is a collectible game. And it's not fair for me just to play virtually. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have I have the vast catalog. I can create anything. And then I don't have to buy any product. So I can understand that. So that's pretty cool. I do like that. Does not mean you can't borrow just like you wouldn't for a normal tournament. You just have mm -hmm. to send it in to you as if you have the physical ability to have it in your presence at that moment. So, right. And, and, you know, just like golfers, Hero Clicks players are pretty honest, I believe. They have very much so, yes. Yeah. So, I, I think that's a great experience. So, I love that. I was going to, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask that question. So, that, that's pretty awesome that you got it. So, okay. So, that's how I physically sign up. That's how I'm going to get it together. I'm going to go, okay, I'm ready. Now, I'm on game day. What do I need ready? What do I need to do for game day? What's that all going to look like? All right, so you'll obviously have your laptop or your tablet. You'll have Roll20. Um, you can log in. I'll Eventually, when the tournament starts, I'll be sending out links saying, hey, here's your Roll20 game between you and so-and-so. And you click on the link, and you go to the game. Uh, you need to have your Discord app up, so that way you can listen to me voice channel-wise. We'll all go into a tournament channel where I kind of go over the rules a little bit, go over what's happening, and stuff like that. So you definitely have to have Discord and Roll20 ready. Um, another recommendation is we don't, the downside to Roll20 is we don't have dials in Roll20. Um, Roll20, I could put dials in there, but they're tiny. It takes way, way too much work. Um, so instead, what we opt to do is we kind of make dials uh, open source, like free information. Uh, we can't really police you we can't basically prevent you from looking at dials at home anyway there's no way to prevent you from doing that so we say hey if you want to look at dials go ahead you can load up both teams in hc rounds so you have them up just to go into the tournament knowing hey you can look at your opponent's dials they can look at yours there's advantages and disadvantages of that um but the, it's really something we can't please so we might as well just make it legal for everybody so that's really all you need. Uh, maybe a, a nice cool beverage because you'll be playing for a couple of hours, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah. And you need a little beverage. I have snacks. I remember, I remember when we did the tournament because I was in the super qualifier. I didn't know how long. I had a little snacks here, you know, in the comfort of my own home. I was comfortably dressed. So exactly. that's, that's that's awesome. And I, I I'll just be honest. When I did it. I pulled up my opponent's figures in AC realms, like you said, and there's nothing to prevent me from looking at them. Mm -hmm. So it brings a different element to the game. You don't have anything hidden on your dials. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know that going in, everybody's equal. 
But I took my actual figures and I set them in front of me. And, we yep. like, and I just, I just, cause I love having the physical feel of them. I was like, okay, I'll just keep them on their dials here. And I'm just going to have one team up in AC realms. And I got my figures here. So, you know, Hey, that's the way I'll run it. I'll, I'll just click them as I, as I get hit. So that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Um, so you kind of went over how the tournaments run. You have two types of tournament currently. Can you tell us really the structure of those two tournaments? So currently we run uh, the Rock Winamap tournaments. We run them differently than the in-store tournaments, as in they are eight-man only, and they are single elimination. We run it that way because we want them to be quick. We want them to be fast. Uh, whereas if you go in-store to a Winamap tournament, um, you might be there for a couple hours. and That makes sense. You might have to travel. It might be 30 minutes down the road. Whereas if you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm going to, you know, I'm in this tournament. You could be in, you play one match and you're done. And granted, win a mat tournaments are cheaper. Uh, so it, it's really just kind of a pickup. Let me try to see if I can win a map and some rock points. So we do them eight man single elimination. Uh, then we do super qualifiers. We'll eventually do a mega super qualifier, which will be more people. Um, we also. Those are pretty much the only ones we do. We are talking about doing a little four-man tournament to where there's not really a map prize, but there's some rock points on the line to where it might be just a, a little tiny tournament where you and the, your buddies want to get together and put in some money and just play a quick little tournament you can. Uh, we're still in talks with that. But currently, we do an eight-man single elimination winner map, and then we do a, I believe it's 16-man super qualifier. Which right. is not single elimination. It should be four rounds of Swiss. Right. And that's the one I played in last. I have a, this Friday, I'll be doing a win a map. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I kind of, I kind of like what you just got into, which is a win a map's a great entry level tournament. I want to get involved in rock, but I don't want to, you know, take a lot of time if I'm not successful. So it's a quick in and out. You know, I can go out and test myself against a highly competitive player. If I ain't got it together, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not slogging through a tough tournament where I'm just getting my head kicked in. You know, I, exactly. I, get, my, I get my one match in, cost ten dollars, so I don't think that's really prohibitive. And it's a great way to get involved in rock and you can earn points and it kind of pushes towards the Rocks World Cup. And if you're in, if you're really looking for that, you can. Or what's the other thing we can use rock points for? Uh you can use rock points for uh, basically to purchase, I think, anything in the Lucky Dice Cafe store, which is the home of the rock down in Huntsville, Alabama. So there, will, so go ahead. They will they will ship things to you. So if you live in Canada or wherever, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so there you go. And so now you're getting a discount on stuff you can buy from Lucky Dice. You play in their tournament, and it's basically if you earn points, you can get a discount. What I call a dollar discount. I think it's point per dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty mm -hmm. close, so. You you win five points, you know it's five dollars off something. So that's that's awesome. And uh, if you can win the win a map, those maps are amazing. They're the rock maps. They're not going to be legal at, with Wiz Kids, but they're awesome. I love premium maps. I love the way they feel. I love playing on them. And you all have some awesome ones this year for uh, rock. I'm pretty sure. I went to submerge one, but it's only available in California currently with Majestics. Is that right? Is that the one? Yeah, that currently right now, from what I know, the submerged one, which everyone's clamoring about, all the King Shark players are dying for <laughs> it. Um, 
Right now, it is a Majestics-only map, which is great for them. I love the Majestics uh, series, the circuit out there on the West Coast. Um, come third quarter, so I believe that would be July, um, it should become Rock Legal. Um, and I believe it becomes the Rock Prize map in July. I think it's the Prize Rock map. If it is, I plan on running Winna Maps constantly because I know how many people want that map. So. Man, the man is sacrificing time to get these tournaments out there. I, I I will appreciate it because, as you know, in the area we live, it's hard to find any kind of highly competitive tournaments. And so the ability to get online and just go to it and not have to spend like three days to get to a rock tournament. Now, I'm exaggerating, but it feels like two-hour drive, three-hour drive. You know, I, I don't know how many highly competitive tournaments I've had to go in and get a hotel room for the night before and the day after for the night at night during it and to play the tournament. So I'm not like having to get up at three o'clock in the morning to get to the venue. So exactly. So I, I appreciate it. I love that. Now I've been wanting to get into rock and this is such an easy way. So that's the way to win a maps. And I think those are great entry points for you first time rock players. So let's go over the super Q. The super Q is crazy with mm -hmm. your four rounds of Swiss uh, and then you're going to do a cut, right? Top eight, or you go? Um, with the, I believe we do. Top I four? think we do top eight. I think we do top eight. Yeah. So so okay, let's do the math. That means if you enter into a sixteen, half of them going to go into the single elimination. That's a great. I think those are great odds because because you, you know that's good. Uh, you actually give out prize support all the way down to even the bottom level. Is that right? Everybody? I, every, everybody gets something. That's the thing. Uh, you will get uh, a pair of rock. Even if you come in last place, you'll get a pair of rock dice, I believe. Some uh, 3D objects. Um, you'll get some of that stuff sent your way. So you'll you'll get at least something. Um, then I believe... Now I'm going to have to look. I believe it is top... Hmm. Top ten. Top. Top Let me look real quick. We are Ow. well prepared here on, on <laughs> here at Clicks Borderlands. We stay prepared. We're on top of the cutting edge, people. We're on top of. Uh, it. Oh, this is the one thing I didn't I didn't think about, and I should have. No, you're fine. I love this. All right, so for super qualifier, it's built structured just like a in-person qualifier so that's a, that's the main thing is that there's really there's no difference as far as pricing goes for mm -hmm. in-person and not in person uh, that's the main thing uh, the biggest difference is in an in-person qualifier I don't believe there's a limit as far as right. how many people can enter no, um, no, I think you, you could have 30 people show up right and 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 it's up to the venue how if they want to set a limit but yeah you could have a 32 at a super qualifier so okay uh, but usually prize support for a 16-player super qualifier. First place gets 20 points, and then they get a bye to the semifinals in uh, the Rock World Cup. Which is uh, huge. Which, that's uh, Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. Saturday? Uh, and that's usually – I don't know what the new conversion is going to be. I know last year I think it was like you had to have 40 points or – you had to turn in a certain amount of points, and now they ha they ran battle royales and little mini tournaments Friday, I think, and Saturday to help get you into semis. Um, but you'll get 20 points, a buy to semis, so you won't have to worry about spending all those points for it. You'll just have a buy there, a set of dice, two tokens, and a map. 
Uh, second place gets the 20 points out of dice, two tokens in the map. Won't get the buy because that goes to first. Third and fourth place will get 10 points. Same thing, set of dice, two tokens, and still a map. Um, so first through fourth, we'll get a map. Fifth through 16, uh, well, five through eight, you'll get five points. Nine through 16, you'll get three points. And then you'll still everyone gets a set of dice and two tokens um, as a prize for entering. And now remember, those points are a one-to-one ratio at Lucky Dice. So even if you only get three points, you can think of that as, hey, now I have three dollars that I can save up and buy a booster or buy a set of tokens or a dice bag, whatever you want to do. Okay, that's 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 amazing. Um, so that's that's a cool tournament. Uh, it does push towards the Rock World Cup. I love those points. Um, the points you can use to get in different rounds. Another thing I love about uh, the way the Rock is set up, Rock World Cup is set up, is that they really want you to play every day. They really want to give you every opportunity. And if you want to, it's a little bit different than the grinders I found at Origins is that they have the philosophy of if you want to spend the money and really try to get qualified, they will put the points out there that you can go and get them. I mean, even in their eliminations, you were earning points. I mean, even if you finish last, they're like, okay, you get a few points. You know, you tried, you paid, you know, you deserve it. And if you're willing to put the time and effort in, they will get you to that next round. Um, Now, making the the uh single elimination's tough but you know they'll give you every opportunity to go test your metal so i love that and i love that you're transferring this over into an avenue that makes it easier for players to access that don't have the time or the ability to travel great distances to kind of get into this great growing uh tournament and i won't say growing but it is an awesome tournament so i appreciate that um, here's one thing. So you all actually do report this on the win, don't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. So this is an actual Wiz Kids tournament that you will show up in your win ID, right? Yeah, so are- yeah. We create it as a just a constructed tournament, and we sign everyone up, and that's how I do all the reporting at the end of the event. Is uh, I just go through, use the win to seat Swiss, and then make the cut to top eight, and we use all of that and. We send the reporting off, and that's how the prize support is sent out based off of what the reporting says. All right. So, people, I'm, I'm telling you, this does not sound uh, fishy, sketchy at all. This is a legitimately run, awesome tournament experience that you can go try, just like you would at a new local venue that opened up. It just happens to be on the web. And you can meet people from other nations. Is that correct? You all have had foreign from non-U.S. participants in some of these events? Yeah, we've had uh, a few, uh, two guys participate from Thailand. <laughs> and they are on, yeah, they are on a, I believe, a 12-hour difference. So when we were playing, I believe at noon, it was midnight there. <laughs> oh, that's some dedication, man. That's some dedication. That's awesome. And are you going? You're going to try something different with this uh, win a map? And I, I hate to say that I'm not going to be able to get this podcast out in time to really promote the win a map, but I will say this podcast will be out in time to promote the super qualifier. You will probably still have time to join it. Mm-hmm. I played in one that's amazing, but the win a map, you're trying something different and doing a Friday night kind of fights kind of win a map, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, we've tried to do them on Saturday and it's kind of been hit or miss Saturday. It's kind of hard to excuse yourself to sit at your computer all day. Um, it's going to be even harder in the springtime and the summertime when it's beautiful outside 
So I'm trying out, since the winner maps themselves are only going to be four hours long uh, at tops, and that's only for two people, because once you lose, you're you're pretty much done for the night. Um, so for two people, it'll be four hours long, so why not start it at around 7 o'clock, and it'll take at most maybe five hours, for an hour for each match, roughly, um, with setup and all of that. So I thought Friday nights, we'll try that, because you can give up a Friday night a lot easier than you can give up a Saturday, is how I feel about it, especially those with kids. A lot easier to do that on a Friday night than it is to give up a whole Saturday or even in the afternoon Saturday. So I'm hoping it's successful, because if so, I'll run a lot more tournaments on Friday nights and leave Saturdays to the Super Qs and the Mega Super Qs. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I know, I know I was really looking forward to this new Winamap coming up because it was a Friday night. It's easier for me to play on a Friday night during the week because, you know, you get a lot of demands on Saturday. If you're married, if you have kids, you know, the demands mm -hmm. pop up. And at night, I, I can carve some time. I don't mind to stay up late and have to get up early the next morning. And on Saturdays, I don't have to really get up that early. So, that really helps out. I appreciate you kind of pushing that and kind of understanding that. And also, I, I think it also helps out your local game store where mine is always doing events on Saturdays. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of gives me the ability to still support my local game store, which then kind of helps everything out. So, And, um, I mean, we're very, we're very flexible here because I, I mainly run – I pretty much run all the tournaments. So if it's something where if you and seven of your friends, if someone has seven Heroclix friends that really want to play um, – <laughs> And you decide, hey, man, we really want to do this a Tuesday night sometime. Um, that's fine. I mean, I don't mind scheduling a Tuesday night. Uh, the main thing is I want to make sure we get a full house primarily because uh, it, it's hard to run an eight-man one-a-map if you only got three players. Uh, we probably wouldn't actually run it until we've met a certain threshold, but I haven't had to experience that yet. So, um, yeah, it's I'm testing out the Friday, but I am open to other days if I get enough People saying, hey, we want to really do it for this day. You know, I'm definitely willing to listen to move something. I know I've had some people say, hey, we want to do this weird format where it's <laughs> like, a, a, like a popper format where you only have commons and uncommons. Um, we want to do that. And if it's uh, just a win map, I think we're pretty flexible with that. So if you come up with a weird format you want to do that's not super crazy, um, just shoot us an email at rockroll20 at gmail.com and we will I'll definitely listen to it and see if we can get something going. I want to, I want people to be able to play with their friends and be able to earn some rock points and do all that doing what they want to do, especially if they don't like the current meta and they want to do something weird but still earn rock points. That's fine. Oh, yeah. And oh, and I, I will put your rock roll 20 email in my uh description of the podcast and on youtube i actually put a youtube thing out there i'll put it at the bottom too as a link so that people can kind of email and kind of get a little bit more understanding i will say this you know we didn't go over this but on roll 20 it is a flat flat map right mm -hmm. it's flat it's two-dimensional it's not gonna be a three-dimensional map and y'all pulled the maps from i forget who used to do them but it's the same map uh representation as a, that um 
the reviewer, the map reviewer on AC Realms does, correct? Uh, I pull maps from two different locations. I pull them okay. either from the Heroclix Atlas, which is the one I think you're talking about right. uh, on Realms. There's also, I don't know who does it, and credit out to them. Um, it's called Odious, I believe is what it's called. Um, mm -hmm. They also turn all the Heroclix map, and they have all the grid reality maps and rock maps too. That's why I end up having to use them occasionally. Um, but they're odious um, HC maps, and they um, they just they have all the maps out there. And yeah, it is flat. Um, it doesn't have all of the artwork on there. Um, it has basically you know certain red colors for higher elevation. It has green colors for hindering. Uh, no terrain is just white. It has boxes. It works essentially. It's not super pretty. You won't get the wonderful artwork on there, um, but it, it works, and that's the that's the main thing. You know what each square is by looking at it. And it had certain tools on there to help you. Like you showed me how you can use a line of sight tool. It's just mm -hmm. a line you can draw, and some other stuff like that. So. Uh, it is it is pretty cool. Um, that will be a big difference. Uh, and you use, correct me if I'm wrong, the JPEGs from HC Realms of the mm -hmm. figures to mm -hmm. kind of represent the figure. And then Roll D20 has its own way of where you can keep track of what click number it is. And I don't want to get into a lot of details about it, but you do have the ability to keep track of what click number, mm -hmm. uh, what what token you have on it. And you have a third box, which in, I didn't know if you knew this, in my matches, I kept track of my loyalty tokens in the third one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, um, third, the third circle, the green circle, or whatever you want to call it, um, that's kind of the miscellaneous one we use. I use it for title points, loyalty token, um, use it for how many tokens are on HaHa ha Joker. Uh, mm -hmm. You can use it for a lot of things that you need a counter of some sort for. Um, and then you can also, for each figure, you can attach a certain um, small graphic, like almost an emoji at the top right. One can look like a flame. Uh, it, it's Think of it from Dungeons & Dragons. Say your person is poisoned. You'll be able to attach a small little icon that goes at the top right of the figure, and it'll show... You can use that for anything. I use it for um, if I'm playing the penguin that busts out the robo-penguins. Okay. I'll put a little lightning bolt and say, this is a pulse wave penguin. You can tell because it has the lightning bolt. Um, this is the uh, this is the close range charging penguin. It has a fist symbol, so you can tell it's close range. Stuff okay. like that. Okay. Or, or you could use it for Loki's um, clones. You know, mm -hmm. put a different symbol for each Loki and write down which symbol actually represents the actual Loki. And, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You can keep track of it that way. It's a, a lot of flexibility. Understand it's two-dimensional, and if you want a really good visual, just to make sure that you aesthetically are not going to be repulsed by it, uh, happy little hero clicks. Devin, who was on here, taped, I mean, uh, streamed, I won't say streamed, he he recorded his matches, and they're, mm -hmm. they're great to watch, kind of way, and kind of goes with how that tournament runs, so I recommend going out and doing that. And love this. I mean, this is awesome. It's a lot of information getting past all the... Um, you know, kind of, kind of worries about it, and you're doing an amazing job and wanting to push it more. That's 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 really cool. I really, I, I really appreciate. It. I can't say that enough. Um, this podcast was started. I don't know if you know. Uh, my I started this podcast because I was having trouble connecting with the competitive HeroClick scene, and I was really trying to reach out to find out. Um, mm -hmm. One thing, 
he's not going to mention it, but one thing he does is that you show up for these tournaments, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about your maps. He's got that. You don't have to worry about your figures, JPEG. He's got that all taken care of. When you sit down to that map, he has it all down there. He has it all there for you. Um, if you want to use this, and, and primarily before this started happening, Roll20 was used mainly to help top players and other players play each other, you know, test out teams and stuff like that. And I've tried to create it. You have to go out there and get your own. You have to go load up your own map. You have to load up your own figures. You have to go do all this stuff that he takes care of. So he has a requirement. We've not talked about it, but you need to get your stuff in early, which I am trying to get my stuff in by tonight uh, of everything so that he can get everything together. And I'm pretty flexible with that. If you have something going on, like I know we have one person who has been out of town all week and he won't be able to send me a picture of all his team until Friday. Um, but he sent me the build sheet already. So that way I could go ahead and load everything. Um, that's fine. Uh, as long as it's the absolute cutoff is a couple, probably the night before the tournament is the cutoff, unless there is an emergency. Uh, because I do have to have time to load everything in there, especially for big super qualifiers. I have to be a little bit more strict with that with 16 people. Uh, mm -hmm. For eight mans, I'm a little bit more forgiving. So uh, nights like tonight, even though it's getting <laughs> late, I'm cool with you setting it tomorrow. That's fine. I'll have plenty of time to do it. <laughs> so it'll be fine. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, and, but I, I just wanted to point out how much work you actually put in to make these tournaments a lot easier for me as a player. I mean, I right. just show, I show up and I play, you know, and so I do a little work on my part, but I, I, I just want to point out, you put a lot of work in to make this a very easy transition. Yeah. It, do you mind if I talk a little bit about the history of it and where that kind of came in? Oh no, go ahead. I, I, I anything, go ahead. Okay. Um, so the reason why I basically do all this work is because, um, there's a group on Facebook, um, where they do kind of hero clicks tournaments, uh, they you kind of meet up occasionally and you play via Skype and it's been wonderful tournaments. Um, the only thing I didn't, uh, only thing I wanted to try to improve on is the downside to playing on Skype is you usually have to have the map in front of you. You put your figures down, you put their figures down. You may not have them, so you can't even see what you know they might be running currently. And then you currently say, okay, I'm moving five squares to A7, and then you're like, okay, did you say A7, A6? Um, and so Skype matches ended up taking a lot longer than I want. I, I liked. I wanted mm -hmm. online games to be as close to live tournaments as possible. Um, so uh, it was at the World Cup that Howard ended up making the announcement when he mentioned that he was kind of becoming the sole proprietor of uh, Rock, that he was going to do Rock Online. Um, didn't really, there was kind of a skeleton plan in place of what they wanted to do, but uh, not a lot of word came out. And then I believe it was October or November of last year that me and uh, Wesley Summers, who was another um, one of my good friends in Huntsville, started working on, hey, let's, let's try to do something. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. Um, that way we can see if we can make it successful and then pitch it to Howard and say this is how we think it should run so we ran a like a mini tournament not really any prizes it's just a free tournament to try it out and people joined because they like to practice and so we fleshed it out more and more i suggested discord we started doing because i use discord for you could join discord and have 
So you could join so many different servers on Discord. I'm on at least ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is for Hero Clicks. One is for just me and my gamer friends. Another one is for uh, if you want to do World of Warcraft. There's plenty of those. You could join a server for everything, and it's all easy on your app. So we started doing that, and um, it kind of grew and grew. And Howard took us on in January and said, "This is the direction we want to go." And so one thing led to another, and um, we finally we had to kind of wait on the website to, before we could really kick things off. And so I believe it was February or beginning of March that we finally were able to kick off Rock Online. And uh, so far we've been successful. We not all tournaments have been full, but it's because you know right now it's just been word of mouth, and we're trying to grow it as much as possible within the realms of capa- within the realms of what we could do. Because right now it's just me, and I'm hoping to bring on some people to help run some events and get some judges credibility because that's part of what you get if you run events on rock online is you'll be considered a judge and get some judge prizing from that so um wanted to kind of throw wes's name out there because it was definitely me and him that kind of started the whole thing and um now i'm kind of the sole person that runs it now and that's kind of where we are currently so i that's some that's a great backstory um i'm going to say you and wesley put together a very impressive product it's a very great product. I mean, I, I really was blown away when I actually played that tournament. And I think anybody that takes the time to do the experience will be blown away. And I mean, I jumped in at a super queue. And I, mm-hmm. while, while it took longer than I expected, but I kind of expected it to take a while because we were going to have to do four rounds. Um, it was a very easy, fun game. Um, no technical issues. So I thought it was awesome. I thought it was amazing. I think everybody should try it out. Um and y'all, y'all have done a great job. And I have played those type of tournaments you were talking about, the Skype tournaments. Me and my buddy get online all the time and play each other where we both have the map in front of us. We both have proxy figures. And we play and go back and forth. Worst maps to use are the what-if maps because they don't have the numbers and, and the letters. And, um, they're, they're awful if you're going to play a tournament like that. Um, the Elseworlds. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we can't play these maps. Anytime we pull them out. But um, – I, we are trying to transition. I'm trying to get him to transition over to playing this. We like to play with the physical figures, but, you know, if he's on the road, pull up your computer. I have it all up. You know, we can play. So it's awesome. So um, I do appreciate the work. I have been trying to do that, and it is a lot of work. And you doing it for us, that's pretty cool. Um, so you know what? Let's look at Let's talk about the limitations. There are some limitations to playing it this way. So uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between the physical? Uh, biggest thing is you don't have the you don't have the figures in front of you as far as physical. I notice, um, for me sometimes I've played so many games on Roll Twenty now, uh, because I just don't have time to go to my lo- my local venues do it on nights that I can't make it uh, most of the time. So I've gotten used to Roll Twenty, and I find myself making mistakes that I wouldn't do real life because i'm used to having the figs in front of me seeing in 3d so that's the biggest thing is not having the dials on the figures and seeing what they are but um you get used to it very very quickly you'll be able to have the rounds up hc rounds up next to you and it's really it it helps also from the standpoint of during like skype games you'll be you'll have to say things like all right so what is what is cable currently showing as a defensive power all right what's the number all right uh 
okay, what is he? Does he have shape change? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of traits does he have? You know, running through all of that, whereas in Roll20, you have the dials in front of you, so while you're strategizing, you know, okay, they have super senses and shape change. Um, they have Sinestro, who's given them energy shield next to them. You know, I know this now without having to take 20 minutes to figure it out. Um, but the biggest difference is that you just don't have the physical dials in front of you, so you don't get to hear the, the little click, click. <laughs> as you do the it. the um, fun part, yeah. Yeah, the fun part. You don't have, <laughs> um, you know, you don't have the physical dice rolling because it's all in roll 20. Um, and the dials aren't in roll 20. I could do that, but it's it would make no. tournaments so much longer, so I would rather not. Um, I found a way to kind of make it work, but it kind of doesn't work. Um, so that's mainly the big difference between that and the physical aspect of it. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. The perspective is the hardest thing to get used to. And I think that's what causes some mistakes. Like I can tell a difference when I'm on a physical map that I can move my head around and kind of move around the map and get a little bit closer to it. And you see lines fire and you see pathways a little bit easier. You're in a fixed perspective in, in the, uh, in roll 20 so with that mm -hmm. fixed perspective you're having to you're having to change the way you look at stuff you can't move around the map or kind of get up and stand over it and see something so um are you running into any technical issues um outside of not having the dials on the map not really um funny enough as you say that tonight it being a wednesday roll 20 actually is down <laughs> um, oh. but that's the first time i've ever seen them down if you've made game basically they're having some issue with the server so don't let that scare you uh, this is the first time i've ever seen them be down um but if you had made if you had games made and invited and stuff it still work and i have backup plans in the event that that happens but it shouldn't and so that's really the only technical issue I've ever seen. And the only other technical issues is if someone gets me a team very late. Um, um, so that they purchase and they show up on tournament day and they're like, hey, here's my tournament, people. And that might delay it a little bit. Any tournament, any technical issues have always been on my side where I, I might have to take a little bit longer to get things set up. And um, that's pretty much it for technical issues. I think I think the technical issues will smooth out. It'll always be since you're on a server, somebody else's server. You don't control the server. You don't control that. You're always going to have those type of issues with the overload or something like that. However, um, I think as more and more people try this out, and I, I keep saying everybody should try it, but um, I think more and more people try this that as they become more savvy with it, I think tournaments start running more smooth. There's more, more veteran players on there. You know, the more people who've used it, and I, you know, and I, I really hope this expands to a lot of newer players. Mm -hmm. were newer, newer to Roll20. I think it's a great tool. I think it expands the Heroclix community. We all have friends who are not local to us, you know, and that we mm -hmm. love playing. I know, I'm, I'm going to give a testimony here. Um, really, uh, Going to Origins last year got my buddy back into Heroclix, and he wanted to start uh, buying stuff. And he started, and then we started playing online. I, and you knew doing it the uh, Google Hangouts, and I'm telling you, it has grown both of our Heroclix love again. Because you know you always have that Heroclix buddy you want to play with, and mine's Mark, and we we play all the time. 
So we play twice a week online. If you're going to believe that. And we played it to the death. We don't even play an hour. We go, okay. <laughs> Everybody's wiped out. And we've been playing the X-Men set, and that takes forever. Mm-hmm. They, just, <laughs> they, <Yeah. don't, laughs> they just don't have those one-shot killers. And you and it is a slog in two to three-hour games. I, I just got I, We played to 1 o'clock last night. Took forever on a 400-point X-Men team. It's like, oh, my gosh. Just kill somebody. But anyway, <laughs> that is that is way down a rabbit trail. But anyway, just saying, love this where it's going. So you know what? We're talking about where is it going? What's your future vision? I mean, I'm not saying you're the only driver, but it seems like you're the guy out in the forefront beating the trail. Where, where are you looking at this? What do you have? What are you visioning for this? Where, where do you see this going? Um. Well, I would like Hmm, that's a good question. Obviously, run more tournaments. I want at least probably two more event coordinators, so that way I'm not having to run at all the events. I'll be basically on call, and basically other people would help be the one that does all the nitty-gritty stuff that I do. Um, so my goal is to expand that so that way we can run more tournaments. Uh, but the main thing is just getting getting the information out there, getting more people you know, telling them that it's not as scary as it sounds. It's not that bad. Um, it actually gives you an avenue into the game that you're probably looking for without taking away anything from your local game store. Because we're offering the meta, which not all game stores do. My local really doesn't do much as far as meta gameplay, top competitive level. They don't. And you might want to dabble into that a little bit. And that's what rock online is for the added benefit also for what we do is even if you don't play competitively or even play in the meta um or you don't even really you know maybe tournaments spooky a little bit um join our discord channel um there's people constantly throughout the day um saying hey i have anybody available to play a 300 point modern match i want to try my team out or i want to practice this and you might find yourself home one Wednesday night and you're bored and you'd be like, Hey, uh, anybody want to play? I'm kind of down to play. You'll usually find somebody that's hop on roll 20. You guys play a quick match and Hey, there you go. You got your clicks fixed for the week. Hey, hey. And I have noticed that and discord has become, and I was talking to a lot of people on Facebook, Facebook messenger, because I have my hair clicks borderlands mm-hmm. thing. And I'm starting to notice I like discord better the ability to voice chat or just to text chat. And I kind of like it. I mean, it's, it's easier to talk. It's quicker. Uh, communication is a little bit quicker. So um, I can see that. I can see that moving, especially with the, let's just be honest. Uh, messengers have gone away. Haven't they? I haven't really noticed like Yahoo took down their messenger service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the chat systems, you know, that the gamers use is, it's, it's a great way for us to get involved to, and grow that. Um, so do you do you have a uh, are you looking at an expansion? So you said two coordinators. So what kind of expansion are you look at? Are you looking to regionalize the coordinators, or are you just saying, hey, you know, let's just push this out there and let's try to get, you know, a win a map a week if we can get uh, people to support? That would be like if there's three of you, that means you'd run one every third week or something like that. Yeah, I would basically. The our our original plan uh, a long time ago when there was kind of more of us involved and then kind of life got in the way. Uh, there was three of us originally. Um, life got in the way, and 
kind of it ended up being just me and the plan is to bring a couple people on on um and they while it might feel like you're doing it for free uh doing the time and running the events is going to be just like you are a judge running the events and so the judge's program hasn't fully been released yet it's supposed to come out i think at some point this month um is what howard last said um but by running the events, you'll, you will get some sort of compensation, whether it be some rock points yourself. Uh, if you run a lot of events, it might even be um, entry into the World Cup. It might be even a hotel at the World Cup. There's a lot of things that could come from it for the judges program because, you know, we want to reward those for who's running the events for people. Right. So the plan, the plan is, is to bring a couple people on now there's there's sort of a need for at least one person because i would like to run more events but uh it's kind of a we need to grow to fill the events that we have and then we can run more events to bring more people on so and that and it's it's tricky because i don't want to run events during wkos because there's usually not enough people to play currently so Mm -hmm. i found out last month um so it, and you don't want to kind of take away from the current super qualifiers that are going out there, um, but you still want to offer it for those who might want to play. So it's really kind of a, I'm still learning what the best timing is, what people are wanting. Um, I don't think we will do a regional this year. We might do a regional type tournament because what really is regional when it's online. So I guess That's you true. would say it's global tournament. I don't know. Um, but I am planning on having tournaments during the downtime. Uh, there's some time after the Rock World Cup, which I guess now WizKids is having the Worlds around that time, um, that we'll be running some more events in November and December. It'll be a yearly thing when Rock kind of has a two-month slight break from November and December where they may not run a lot of events, uh, a handful, but not a ton. So I, I want this to grow to where we're running. I mean, long term, I would like a weekly tournament, whether it be a win a map, a, a super qualifier, or I don't think we'll really do just qualifiers. I think it's just going to be win a map or super qualifiers. I also want the four man events to start going, which that doesn't even necessarily need. Um, a judge. I mean, that could have a judge on standby, and that just be run kind of a little bit less hands-on. But there's a lot I want to do, and um, once we get more people on board, whether whether that be helping me or just playing in general, we'll be able to do that. Okay, so let me um, let me kind of summarize what I heard. So you're really trying to get a demand up for the, for the product. And then you, you're willing, you have expansion plans to supply that demand, but mm-hmm. the demand has to be there. And you're, you're going through the normal process of any business, of any offering of where is that demand and how can I fill it? Uh, mm-hmm. WKOs give you, give you a slight problem. Um, I do like your broach into the non-traditional Saturday tournament, but I understand the super queues due to their length, they're going to have to be on a weekend because that's when people can devote time. Mm. You know, they, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, 
when a map's at night, three to four hours, you know, I can carve three to four hours out in a week. You know, I don't have to be at every win a map. Um, so I, I like it. I like the vision. I like where y'all are going. Um, here's a question. So if I become this regular, and we know from online poker, you know, let's let's take the online poker model. Um, they have a huge tournament, the WPT, the World Poker Tour. You know, they have their uh, the the large poker event in Las Vegas in November. Um, and then you have this huge online presence of people who don't play the physical poker term. They play online. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's always this talk about how well does that, that skill translate from the online to the live? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I mean, I know it's in the, you're we're in our early stages of this hero clicks online. So how well does this skill of playing well online tournaments translate to a regular tournament? Do you see any, issues with that translation the only issue i could see is if you're really getting used to seeing your opponent's styles that's really the main part excuse me if you if you get used to seeing your opponent's styles you're just going to assume you have that knowledge and then when you get in person you won't you can't look at the back of the card so you might rely too much on knowing what your opponent's going to have and thus play a little bit more um aggressive than you probably need to you might think oh i know he's now good hero clicks players probably knows a lot of the main meta dials anyway they'll know when the stop clicks happen for unimind they'll know Mm -hmm. uh when goblin king loses invincible when he goes down to toughness you know that a lot of the good players know that because they play those figures constantly so really the you won't lose too much to be honest, um, that I think is the biggest difference. Is you're going to have to remember that you don't have <laughs> you don't have the dials accessible to you, except no. for except for in your noggin. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. And well, and I would say too. Um, the only other thing that I might worry about if I, I played exclusively online is physically being around people i'm in a more comfortable environment in my home mm-hmm. the stress level is a little bit lower than at a tournament and as you know you've played in some high level tournaments the longer the, the further into the rounds the stress level and i can say my stress level went up in that tournament but i'm still in my home right. have a little bit, you know if i'm not comfortable in a venue brand new venue stuff like that so you know just keep that in mind but i do like that it's a great great idea you, you can get lazy you can just get lazy getting used to just seeing the dials and not get your, your homework together. So, um, okay. That's awesome. Uh, you want to add anything about this rock online, all that? I mean, that's really what I want to know about it to kind of get out to people. What else do you want to add? What have I missed that you think is very essential that people know about to really kind of promote what you're trying to get done? Uh, basically just to keep in mind, this is still very early in the process for us while we're still doing super qualifiers and whatnot. We've only been running for about running as official rock tournaments for about two to three months. So the thing I want you to take away from that is that we're really open to feedback. I am personally. Um, I've been making changes constantly. I didn't used to the super Q you joined was the first time I believe I actually used that whole background template where you had the teams on left and right. Uh, that's the first time I had a, a, a whim, a thought while I was at work one day. And I was like, I need to do that. Um, 
and I came home and made it that night and it, it's worked. Um, this Friday is technically the first time we're actually doing a full modern event. We've always done limited because that's been the rock season. This is the first modern event. And because of that, thanks to the template, um, which we haven't talked about, um, you don't have dials in the game. However, because there's only two resources left, um, not counting the Punisher van, uh, there's only Supreme and the teleporter. Um, if you are playing those in a tournament, those dials will be visible on the map, and you'll be able to draw a little square over which click you're on. You'll be able to move it accordingly, because I feel like resources are a little bit different. They're a little bit harder to keep up with, um, especially teleporter-wise or supreme intelligence-wise. So I decided, hey, that's one dial that I could stick on there, and it's literally just the image of the dial. So. Uh, keep that in mind if you're playing in a modern tournament. If you play a Teleporter or Supreme, that'll be on there. And then I'll probably get rid of it come rotation, unless someone's really playing the Punisher Man. Um, because that there's no more resources. So, Yeah. Well, until the rumored resources from X-Men. I don't know if they'll ever do it. But, you know, we do have that. Um it may be a Cerebro out there. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. I, see. Um, I will say uh, I do. I do like your template. We didn't talk about it, but it is awesome to have a, a template that's a little bit bigger than a map in which I can organize my figures kind of like I would outside my map. So that was, that was cool. I know I'm trying to create a roll 20 game and I'm like, man, how did he do that map? That's really cool. I like to have that little template. So it's a good job on that one. Really Thank briefly. you. Um, so, um, oh, I did. I just remembered I had it written down here. There's one thing that came to mind when you're sitting there talking about all this. And right now, as you've seen it, you've run all the tournaments. Mm-hmm. How close as a barometer, okay, taking your tournaments as a barometer to the modern meta, how close do you think your tournaments are? And I know you've only been running limited. So you'd be your first but. But based upon what you're seeing, are you seeing a lot of meta teams? Are you seeing some wonky teams? Or what are you thinking? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty com- it's pretty much identical to real tournaments. Uh, you do have the more competitive players. Um, I know uh, Lucas Van Hollen has been <sighs> in our events most of the time. He won the, uh, the Super Qualifier, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Uh, with a nasty, nasty team. Now that was Rock Age, to be fair. <laughs> it was Rock Age. It was. Uh, but most of the winner maps and whatnot, they're very modern meta. Uh, they pretty much mirror what you'll see out in the meta. And that's because people want to win and they know what's going to be out there. So you'll see Shredder teams, you'll see King Shark teams, Unimind. Um, we haven't done modern regular, so you haven't seen a lot of um, X Men yet. Uh, but I expect to see that at some point. Um, so, yeah, it, it pretty much matches. Now you do see some teams that you're like, "Huh, that's interesting," and they then they win, <laughs> then they win some games, and you're like, "Wow, I don't know how that happened." But that, that's awesome. And, and you know what? I, I would say the Rock Age was pretty cool. I love playing in it. Um, it was neat, and I, I would say Luke's team was really good. I thought it was well thought out, and it, it was really, really good team. It was a I know it's the first time I'd ran up against some of those figures, so I struggled against it. And I was like, whoa, how, do, how am I going to attack this? And I wish I could have taken them on again. 
I had a plan. It wasn't a good plan, but you know, it was another <laughs> plan to go try something different. Um, but I also, you know, we I played in that tournament and it's the first time I had seen, but it is starting to come out, is that I saw a, a full strength Goblin King mm-hmm. loaded up and he was hard to take down. Starting to see, wow, that's some potential there. So, I mean, I, yeah, I think it is. I think it's reflecting the change in the meta. We're all trying to get ready for rotation and how we're going to handle it. And, you know, like some some teams are starting to show up and starting to show some strength. So, I think online is a pretty good barometer right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, we're going to transition. You know, that was uh, the Matrix. Uh, I say everybody go out and try it. I, I sign up for one of the tournaments. Really start this demand. Go out there and enjoy. I, I swear, if you play it once, you're going to get addicted a little bit, you know, because you like that little meta, like that ability to do it. And there's nothing better than being able to take a potty break in your own bathroom mm-hmm. and have just at your disposal all food and beverages, anything you need. <laughs> yeah, you are you are completely allowed to drink if you want to during the co- competitions. We don't recommend it from the standpoint of. We don't want you to lose horribly because you may have had yeah. too few many drinks. <laughs> yeah, but you are fully you're fully allowed. That's your own home. It's fine yeah, it's as long as you're good. in legal age to do so. Legal age, yes. I would not recommend playing though. I do know some people that can handle it, but anyway, yeah, they might play better. So you never know. You never know. Okay, so uh, I want to take a moment. We've had a lot of stuff, and I had to already um, kind of put some stuff down. Uh, so let's just quickly talk about a couple of things. Uh, big hero clicks announcements. Uh, I wanted to get your reaction on, and you've kind of given it to us. National and Origins, you know, uh, prize conventions, figures, the date they're starting to talk about. What are your thoughts about this big movement by Wiz Kids to separate Origins, I mean Nationals and Origins, and their current prizing structure that you're starting to see at National and Origins? Um. Well, I'm sorry, Nationals and Worlds. Sorry, separating those. Go ahead, sorry. Gotcha. Um, I think it was needed to move Nationals and Worlds, and I don't think anybody honestly had an issue with move. Well, I won't say anybody, but a majority of the people didn't honestly have an issue with them moving Nationals and Worlds separate. I think the biggest issue that came across is that they were, the announcement came a little too late um, with nationals only being what two months away, um, oh, yeah. people have already made hotel plans, and now they have to think, okay, well, if I was going to go to Worlds, that's new hotel plans. I might not even go to nationals now. So I think a lot of people had an issue with how late they came out with the announcement, and the fact that that we still have no clue when Worlds is going to happen. We know it's in Philadelphia. We know it's at the end of the year. Everyone has kind of assumed it's going to be at PAX Unplugged because that is a Philadelphia tournament at the end of the year. Um, but WizKids, I don't believe at the time of this recording, has announced exactly when. And I know there's probably semantics to it and there's probably reasons why they can't. Um, but it's kind of left a lot of people in a pickle and have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, I think PAX Unplugged is not announcing anything. They have an official announcement coming out really soon, I think this month. And that might be holding up the announcement if it is PAX Unplugged. Um, I agree with you. I know me and my wife, has this will be our third time going to Origins. The first year we went is kind of more of a last minute, like a three-month out thing to do. 
and I talked her into it. It was one of my goals to go. It's a, I teach, so it's the tournament that I can really go to because I'm off in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen Con is right in the middle, the start of the school year, so I can't really take time off. And a November tournament, oh, well, depending on when it is, I'm, I'm really kind of messed up because I coach basketball, and that's middle basketball season. Mm-hmm. So it was, Origin was really cool, and we, but – Understanding that for us to get the pre- the perfect hotel, the hotel that we really want, it's we have to we have to book it six seven months in advance. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to do that. So, um, yeah, the announcement is bad. Uh, what did you think about the prize convention figures? Uh, have you looked at them? They did announce there's one that is only available at Worlds. Man, I I sound ill prepared. Have you seen that announcement? There is one. Yeah, they did. They did come out and say that the figures that are going to be at nationals, and then the figures that are going to be the con LEs at nationals, mm-hmm. and the ones at worlds. The worlds they have Gwenpool, the Joker, uh, Thanos, and the Thanos copter. That was it. Thanos and the Thanos copter. That looked pretty cool. So, yeah, the yeah. ones for sale is the Thanos and the Thanos co- copter, and then I know my fr- best. Uh, one of my Best Heroclix friends, Aaron, is really excited that there's a Colossal Starro coming out for sale because the last Starro was ridiculous a long time ago. So to have a new Starro is um, got a lot of people excited. Now, they haven't released the dials for that. They released the dials for the Joker and the Thanos and the Thanos Copter, I think, to kind of ease the, the negativity people have had for Worlds as of late because the late announcement. Um but I'm excited. I've already l- tried to line up. Um, I'm not going to Worlds, but unless I win. But I uh, have course. already lined up some people to get me some of the purchasables. Oh, yeah. I think the purchasables are always good to get. Uh, yeah, I, I did like the Joker. I thought that Joker looked really good. Uh, I have already have plans for him for a, a future Gotham City Underworld team. Oh, of course. Of course. So, yeah, I liked him. Thanos Copter, I, I mean, it looked interesting. Uh, sometimes I like those type of vehicles and not. So, But it did look pretty cool. And Thanos looked really interesting at 125 points. I, the, mean, uh, I know anybody who saw Thanos who's a Unimine player is super excited because he'll give Unimine Pulse Wave. Um, everyone who's excited about Thanos Copter, though, I'm actually very excited because if you look at the Thanos Copter... Its lowest point value is 50 points, and it comes with 10 clicks for 50 points. Wow. 10. 10 clicks. crazy. That's five points a click. That, that and, is... and it starts with running shots. So you can pop somebody in there, and for 10 clicks for just 50 points, that's a lot. And that's I wouldn't be surprised to see that on some meta team at some point. I thought it said on the Thanos copter that it had to be piloted by Thanos. It may have. Uh, yeah, it may have to. But, yeah, as, but unless it does something points. like yeah, unless it yeah. does something like the uh, the Merchet or something like that. Um, yeah, still, that's that's too super cheap. That's super cheap. I mean, fifty points, man. That's that is a Cyclops figure that that is only three clicks deep. I mean, it's crazy trying to kill that thing. Yeah. yeah, I think it can, it can be anybody. It just has an ability of, if Thanos is in it. It says okay. all opposing characters that aren't vehicles or named Thanos modify the speed 
and range by minus two. So Same. you can hop in it, and it, it gets a little bit nerfed, but it's still going to be for 50 points. I could easily spare 50 points for to extend the life of somebody with decent stats. Hey, there you go. I think I think that's and to give them running shot. Mm-hmm. And, and that is pretty cool right there. So and I, and I can think of, there are several characters out there that for 50 points, giving them running shot. Ah, wow, that, that makes them pretty, pretty potent. You know, there's some figures out there that need running shot that that would really help. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say the bigger announcement, not really a bigger announcement, but the thing we also learned out of the Nationals and World's announcement is that ID cards aren't done. We aren't done with them. X-Men aren't going to be the last one. We're basically getting Arkham Asylum ID cards because the world at Worlds are going to have the Joker ID card and the Two-Face ID card. And I believe it's Nationals that has Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze ID nice. cards. And that's the ones that you can pick up in the Battle Royales, right? Uh, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy. There's also going to be Banshee and Psylocke at the uh, Nationals. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. If if you don't like ID cards, I can understand. I'm, my buddy has never played them, and he started playing them. He said, I love these. And he loves to call in that X-Men Jubilee. He loves to call that piece in every time. Mm-hmm. Always. So, and once you play them, they're pretty cool. They, they give a lot of versatility to a figure. You know, a figure's deadly. I mean, until you kill a 90-point figure, he can still call in another 90-point figure as long as there's an ID card for it that ha- is at top dial. Mm-hmm. So, it makes them pretty, pretty powerful. So, not stopping the ID cards. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that's pretty cool. Um, if you don't like ID cards, look for modern limited tournaments because they're not allowed in those. Is Am I correct? And limited, no. Uh, ID cards aren't unlimited. No, so that's always cool. And uh, one thing I didn't know is, well, we'll get to that because I want to talk about what do you think about the new figures that we've seen, previews of, uh, just the newest ones with Quasar Moon Dragon, which I've pulled up because I'm now prepared well, and the Stranger that is for the new Avengers Infinity War set. What do you think about those? Um, it got me pretty pumped. Uh, I like Quasar in general. Um, I liked the Quasar in, uh, the last one we had was Age of Ultron. He was, he, he was good, but, um, he was a little overcosted. I think at at nowadays he is overcosted. If you play that Age of Ultron one, this one, um, people might initially say, oh, that he's pretty expensive. But he does a lot for what you what he gives you. Um, the whole if he hits with a range attack, he can use barrier for free. I think is what his power, one of his main powers is. I I, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a trait. That's a yeah, trait. it's his trait. Yeah, um, which barrier teams being a big thing, I could see that being a big thing. He has decent stats. He's shredder proof because he's got invincible. Um, he doesn't have power cosmic, but he has the Avengers team ability. So I think he's good uh, for 125 points. Yeah, I think he's good. He's only six clicks. That's the only thing that he's a little short, but, um, with invincible, I think he'll be all right. And, and he also gets that, a uh, trait cause I'm looking at him right now cause I don't have this memorized yet people, but, uh, he does have the ability when he attacks characters of hundred points or more. You may choose to modify attack or damage by plus one. 
Mm-hmm. He has that bone. He has that starting of a psychic blast, which I like because psychic blast outside of invincible allows you to eat right through people's defenses if they have reducers. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the great thing about psychic blast. You don't have to worry about outwitting a reducer of invulnerability. You just psychic blast them, and you know it's just like you outwitted it. Um, and he's and he's got a four damage to start and willpower, eight range, ten running shot. You know, he what's not to like about this figure? I, at 125 points, you might think he's overcosted, but in the current stage of where the game's going, that's that's a pretty strong figure. I mean, that's right where they want it. 125. There you go. Yeah, and. I try to think of not just modern anymore. Now that Rock Age has become more and more popular, um, he's going to be a heck of a Colin figure yeah, for for Collins because he does have an ID card back in Age of Ultron, and being able to call him in, have him shoot somebody, and then bury your team in, it's going to be strong as an ID for gold, for Golden Age or Rock Age, however you want to call it. And and here's the other thing. I, I appreciate that there's some competitive tournaments kind that uh, actually allow us to use old figures instead of every two years you're having to get rid of your collection, you know? Exactly. And, and I think that's important because I think Magic does that, don't they? They have like... I think the so. They have the ability to use older sets. And, you know, I think that's a great expanse because as a player, as a collector that can be a little frustrating that uh, in the competitive environment, your set's only good for two years, you know, mm. and you spent the money for it. So, uh, I'm going to say out of the previews, the best sculpt right now for me is moon dragon. That looks pretty cool. I heard dial crazy. is amazing. Yeah. She has a great dial with that 12 starting attack, 12 movement with phasing. That's crazy. Eight, eight range. Um, what is that mental link or special power? Modified friendly character's damage plus one this turn. When that character makes an attack this turn, after resolution, deal one unavoidable damage to a friendly character. So she can, for a cost, she can bump up your damage. But not here's bad. the thing. Here's the two things you need to take away from that. One, she's not limited to range. She can do it to anywhere on the map. Because nice. it says modify friendly character. It doesn't say within line of fire or range. There you go. Second thing, it says to a friendly character. So it's any friendly character you want. I I mean, it doesn't specifically say oh. it doesn't say to that friendly character. No, it doesn't. Don't start thinking. Throw yeah. it off on Deadpool. Let him read. Now, at the same time, he's only 80 points. She's got power cosmic, which I'm going to say, why does an 80-point character have power cosmic but a 175-point Gotham King not? Um, God, I'll no, always, get that, always get that slide in there. Uh, but then she's got two stop clicks with mastermind which can't be outwitted and can't be pulse wave so stop mastermind is by far if you had to i said earlier support was my favorite ability mastermind is probably one of the strongest abilities currently in hero clicks especially if it cannot be outwitted which is why mm-hmm. lex the god of apocalypse is going to be so strong why moon dragon is going to be nuts because it's on a stop click so it can't be pulse waved like you can't pulse wave through it um so if they pulse wave just her, she can mastermind it to somebody else. Um, if they, she's got power causing it, so you can't outwit it. Fury's going to be gone. Um, not by the time she's out, but a month later. So she is, I, I won't say she'll see meta play, but she's going to come very, very close. For just 80 points, I can see people fitting her in just to increase damage. To um, I mean, she's got traded flurry. Um, as well, and she once per turn, 
Uh, let's see, she can't be target of an attack with more than one target. You know, she, she's really, really, really good for 80 points. Now, she's a chase, but she's really, really good for 80 points. Oh, yeah, I guess she would be with a 46. Quasar's a number 37. Yeah, it's and a lot of people were talking about that. The, the main thing to keep away is that she's got the orange background in her picture. Mm-hmm. So that she is chase. absolutely a chase because remember this is a full set, but half of the set is going to be the the two by twos, the colossal figures. Yeah, so, so thirty seven would be a super rare. Mm-hmm. I would assume with Quasar. Okay, yeah, good call on that one. Good call. And then we've got the Stranger, which will it be makes, a colossal. He is because uh, he, he's got the G zero one nine, and she, he's a rare. Mm-hmm. So he is a colossal. Um, and I, I, when I first looked at him, I didn't realize he was a colossal because I didn't see the G part and then I didn't see the base on the picture. So I thought, well, that's an okay rare. Um, I kind of like him. He does some interesting things. Um, it, it does show you that these colossals, and this is good for seal play because this will be our first seal play where where we're getting these well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess in sealed, I get, yeah, every booster is going to have one of these, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in sealed, that creates a unique problem that if we followed the colossal formula before, for, from before, if I could get from out, uh, but following the colossal formula from before, you had these retaliators. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing so far in the previews when we looked at the pictures of them with their just their bases, like, uh, who is it? Uh, entity or not entity? Universe or something like that. That they don't have that colossal retaliator low point dial. Like right. even the strangers only got his lowest point dial is a hundred. So can he be played in a sealed event? Yes. Uh, is he going to be a colossal retaliator? No. And I, I was kind of worried, man. You're going to get these colossal retaliators all of a sudden point, pumping up and sealed, you know. So this will be. I, I kind of like what they're doing here. We're going back to some colossals. Uh, he looks okay as a colossal. I agree with you. Um, he does have power cosmic, but he loses it at the hundred point value. Mm-hmm. And he's only five clicks at a hundred points. Um, he does have, I mean, through most of his dial, he has that movement power, which the beginning of your turn, choose two standard powers that an opposing characters can use that you didn't choose last turn. And he can choose those powers, and he can use it that ter- until his next turn. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, um, and he's, he's and got perplex anyway. He needs out. it though because his his attack is only a ten. At starting at a hundred and at two fifty, it's only at a ten. The yeah, only time he gets up to eleven is when he's at four hundred points. So he's he's what I would call a typical rare, <laughs> which some of them are great. Some of them you're like, huh? Well, I it's the rare of the boosters so yeah. all right you, i'll have to deal with how'd you like his uh trait you can't you can't kill the abstract once per turn you may modify friendly characters range plus three when it uses outwit perplex or probability control when strangers ko this effect continues for the rest of the game yep that's pretty cool yeah i mean it's it's only for those three powers so if you sealed it's gonna be and sealed it's gonna be iffy but and constructed, I don't know. If you were to ask me today, is this going to be in the meta? I, I really don't see this one figure being in the meta. Um, he doesn't offer enough. Now, there could be one play, one person who, uh, let's say he's cosmic, so someone who brings him up with Lockjaw or finds a way to pair him up with Unimind or whoever else cosmic is going to find a way to break him. But I think yeah. out of the... Oh, go ahead. 
No, I'm sorry. I, I don't think the hundred point value, and that, that'd be something you look at in the meta. I mean, I don't know if the hundred point offers you that much or the two fifty. You know, since your standard's about three hundred. But anyway, go on. Sorry. I was gonna say probably a, if I was playing in sealed, I would consider two fifty depending on what else I got. Um, I'm super excited for sealed for this. I'm hoping. I know. The WKO and leads, the past two WKOs have been sealed, and I know they prefer to do it that way. Um, so I'm hoping they do sealed WKO for spring, um, because I would love to play Infinity Warriors sealed. Uh, I think it's going to be insane. WizKids has gotten better, I think, when it comes to building sets with sealed in mind, um, because I feel like Deadpool was pretty good. Um ADW was nah, ADW was not very good, but and neither was What If or Elseworlds. But Harley and X Men have both been pretty successful when it comes to sealed. The chases kind of throw things off, but the super rares don't. And so, I, I at the WKO in fall, it was the Harley Quinn sealed for me, and I made top eight by having super rare Wonder Woman, the bombshell Wonder Woman. So nice. At the sets, I think they're getting better at making sealed possible. And seeing these colossals not have retaliation, but have the option to be at a lower point so that you can play them in sealed, I think this is going to be crazy. And I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I think they have gotten very good with their sealed play. I would even argue that. Thor was pretty good in sealed. Oh, it was amazing in sealed. Right. It, because of some lower point figures, I won't say lower point, lower rarity figures. Thena, number one, as a she was a common. She showed up on so many strong teams in the sealed that it gave a, a lot of people the ability to build very strong teams. And I would even say that in X-Men, Professor X held his own with all the super rares in the set. He was actually probably, I think, a more dominant figure in Sealed if you could build a team around him. And so, and Mora, Mora McTaggart, just, she breaks some stuff in, in, in the Sealed environment with her low cost and what she could do. Yeah, I think X-Men, the, the only reason X-Men really worked in Sealed is because you had a lot of figures that shared keywords and had powers based off of keywords. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, if they didn't have that, I mean, if you pull a booster and you you have Brew and uh, Darwin, you're kind of you're kind of out of luck with your team. Uh, you're talking to a man who went to WKO, got two two packs of X Men, and could not put together in a 300 point game a theme team. Nope. I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding! The set that requires theme, I can't get a theme team. Yep. <laughs> I was like, okay, one in one in three later. Um, yeah, I'm like, what, what happened? You know, didn't help that my dice went south, but okay. Great. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right here. Great analysis. You maybe should be a, a, a meta analysis. Love to hear. Maybe, maybe you should do some recaps on some games or something. Have the Kuzinator out there, you know, like Chris Berman. Well, well, I'm hoping to eventually, and I didn't mention this earlier, but I was hoping I'm hoping to start doing some streaming and whatnot of the games while they're going um, and have that kind of thing going. But I wanted to get the main product essentially rolling, getting the tournaments rolling, and then worry about streaming once it's settled. And I don't have to worry about that anymore. 
And, you know, me and, me and uh, Dark Logos, Edward Shelton, were talking about that, and we felt like he, he brought up the fact that it's hard to do commentating on Heroclix matches because you have to be so quiet and you have to see what's going on. But in the online environment, you can be muted in, in their channel mm-hmm. but watching their game and streaming and kind of listening to what they're saying and being able to kind of translate. So I think that's a great, that'd, that'd be awesome. I love that because commentating would kind of, kind of go along with that. So yeah, exactly. Great. Awesome. Okay. So um, that's kind of stuff that's going on. I do have a viewer question. And this comes from uh, Malcolm Rush. And I think if Malcolm listens to this podcast. I think Malcolm should try this out. His only problem is he doesn't have any figures because I don't know if you know, he's been living in Japan ever since the, he saw Heroclix right before he moved to Japan, loved the game, and now he's been stuck over in Japan and has not been able to play it because they don't really have access to the product over there. Hey, let's so, not say stuck. He's in Japan. Japan that's true. Is an awesome place to go to. Just say. That's true. I won't say stuck. You're right. St- stuck in the Heroclix void, but in the there anime world and you know action figures, you know they're probably the top of the uh, top of the heap right there. They they, they know how to pretty much pretty get their stuff together. All right. So his question is, what change would you like to make to the current rules? And so I'd like to, so I'd like to hear your opinion. So what would change would you make to the current rules? One change. If you had to make one change, ask them to change something. Let's go, let's stick to the pack. So on the pack, what would you change? What would I change in the pack? Um, Well, I'm kind of happy with a lot of changes they've made. Um, I know a lot of people aren't happy with what they did to mind control. Um, I feel like they need to do something with, I mean, a lot of people want leap climb ch- fixed or changed. Um, I think leap climb could be slightly changed, maybe giving a passive um, upgrade to your movement when you have it, make it where you can move through hindering normally without having to do a power action to do the move. Um, I also would like them to do a little something more with smoke cloud. Um, I don't know what, Smoke Cloud, I rarely find myself ever using it unless it's free. Um, unless you have someone like Michelangelo who gives you step, a sidestep when you're in Smoke Cloud. I feel mm. like there needs to be some sort of bump to that to make it where it's actually halfway decent. Because right now, I can't think of an instance where I've ever used it unless my figure got stuck on that click and they had nothing else to do. Okay, so. true, 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 yeah. And you and you're thinking about some of the figures that currently are getting it free. Uh, Storm, uh, the Uncanny X Men gets it for free. Uh, Michelangelo does, and he gives you a passability for the breakaway. Also, I believe Dust doesn't she get it for free? She'll she'll get it for free, or and she bumps her defense if she's around her own. So, yeah, Smoke Cloud. They're having to make it relevant by making it a free and doing something special. So, I would say you could keep it as a pa- uh, you keep it as an action, um, but make it where friendly characters get a plus one to defense. Third, I mean, you get that sort of being a hindering anyway, but make it where mm-hmm. that's also for melee, and make it where oh. you just get a plus one, and it's just that's it. You still mm-hmm. take the minus one for your figure being in there for attack, but you get a plus one to defense now. That would make me use it more. Um, Oh, especially if it's stacked with, uh, just think about if 
they ran into smoke cloud. So they'd get the minus one to attack and you get the plus one to defense. That'd be a two. That'd be a two swing right mm-hmm. there. That'd be pretty it, crazy. It, it just, yeah, it just needs something. And I don't necessarily know what to make it more viable because you're never picking it on a pick of power. And the only time you're really ever using it is if it's free or if that's really the only power your friend, your person has like, uh, there's a few figures. That's all they have. Like even Force Blast is good now. So, oh, yeah. Smoke hey, and, yeah, Smoke Cloud. Uh, I'm trying to remember what figure. When's the last time I paid attention to a figure that actually had the color Smoke Cloud on their dial? I mostly most of the time I remember that they have Smoke Cloud. I think it's Smoke Cloud and it's Force Blast. There you go. There you go. And I'm I'm like. I can't. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of the recent figures they put out. I'm I'm not seeing Smoke Cloud that much. You right. know, it's just it's just and and like I said, if we get Smoke Cloud, it's on a special power that gives it for free or it's a trait. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's almost like it's leaving the pack because it's not being used and it's just it's, it's free trait. Anyway, okay, that's a great suggestion. Like that. Um. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm on the leap climb bandwagon. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Uh. Spider-Man is one of my favorite figures. He always has leap climb all the time. So I think that could be improved a little bit. Um, let me see. Um, looking at, this is what Malcolm suggested. And I wanted your opinion on his, uh, what he sent in. And if anybody saw the announcement from WizKids, saw it, read it, they mentioned Malcolm in it, thanking him for his suggestion on it. And he said, uh, he said, I was thinking how to make the power better. Keep what you got already and add this to the line of power. Leap climb elevation does not affect adjacency when choosing targets for close attack. X move. Breakaway plus two. Move up to your speed value. And then the new part was when an opposing character misses an attack, you may move one adjacent square. Uh, and he said the reason when Batman or Spider-Man avoid an attack, they leap or roll out of the way to avoid or not to get hit in comics. Um, what do you think about that addition to Leap Climb? Mm, I think you'd have to make a lot of erratas to make that actually work. It's the same reason, like they were saying, with um, the whole hindering and water terrain change that a lot of people wanted to make, where they wanted a difference between improved targeting, uh, improved movement through hindering, improved movement through water, which okay. doesn't exist. You'd have to make a lot of changes with that because you have shifting focus Superman, you have shifting, uh, you have the fast forces Hulk, which start with leap climb, and then they get to anytime they make a move. I actually have his card here. Um, let's see when Superman, free. Yeah. yeah, when Superman uses leap climb. Uh, no, Hulk says when he moves. I think right, he gets to make a, an action. You'd have to errata that somehow, otherwise. That would be the one of the few times ever that you would try to hit someone, they miss, they then move and attack on your turn, which I don't think legally can happen in Hero Clicks. I'm, I'm not sure. So yeah. it, you would have to. I like the concept of it. Leap climb, I feel like, is pretty much there for what it adds. It gives you a plus to break away. It allows you to attack from elevation. Um, the only thing I might... I don't know. I don't really know what else you can add to Leap Climb. Um, 
hmm. to really make it better. I, I actually think it's pretty decent outside of what I suggested earlier, where maybe it adds, it gives you the a passive ability where you now have improved movement hindering uh, just normally. So when you make a normal move action via charge or running shot, because you have, well, you wouldn't have leap climb then. Uh, basically, you would have. I don't know. That's tricky. I would think. Le- I think leap climb is honestly pretty fine to be honest. The ones who have it usually have a power to get around it, um, and if they don't, it kind of is tied into their point cost. Okay, and, and that's a valid valid point. I you you brought up another valid point, which is that Hulk, because you're right. Because he's, I love pairing that Hulk with Michelangelo, mm-hmm. because he gets that sidestep, and he that way he can quake again. So he can quake for four, and then sidestep quake again. That's just nasty. <laughs> you know, I love to change the quake where it's now if if it's single target, it's now your full damage mm-hmm. instead of lock two. So makes some of these pieces very dangerous. But I don't know. I mean, that was it, uh, Malcolm great suggestion i mean everybody's got to kind of push the limits maybe something will come out of it maybe they'll change something to leap climb but you know like you said uh it is kind of hard i mean what would you do with a leap climb without breaking it you know making it too overpowered and that goes for a lot of clicks powers we're very easy to we're very easy to come up with uh saying oh this power is underpowered or this power is overpowered but it's coming up with a compromise, a solution to that, that mm. is how you would fix it. I could say that force, uh, I could say that smoke cloud's bad, but do I have a good solution? No, no. All right. Um, that's been about it. I've, I've enjoyed having you on. Uh, you are the silent black bolt that when you speak, Mountains shake, my man. My mountains shake. Mountains fall. I it. All right. So I'm gonna do some shout outs. Uh, I always like to shout out to the, my previous guests. They've done. They've helped grow my podcast. Uh, Malcolm, thanks for coming in. And here's a teaser. I will have Malcolm on in, in the future in a couple episodes. Malcolm will be back on. I will try and convince him into playing a roll twenty game. I will try and convince him. He doesn't have any figures, but let's see if he can play online. Um, I'd like to thank Michael and Jesse, big supporters. Uh, John Carl, he's got a big tournament coming up April 7th. Symbio, who's always willing to help. I can send him teams all the time. My buddy Mark and all the others who've helped me on my journey. Uh, do you have any shout outs or recognitions you want? Uh, just to my friend Aaron and Wes. I mean, that's about it. All right. They got you going. All right. So uh, just to make my parting shots, email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. You can like our Facebook page. You can search on Facebook by typing in at HeroClix Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. They love hearing from you. Love finding that out. If you have any suggestions, please just put it on the Facebook page. I'm always open to it. Love to hear your new WKO ideas and teams. If you're looking for an online match or have a team you want to me to play against my new team then contact me we can even try it out on roll 20 love to hear from other viewers going to the wko or rock events um please just let me know and remember keep rolling double sixes because as long as you roll double sixes you never miss talk to y'all later bye